is going on, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome to another exciting episode of Tuffy Talk. And I do guys say that if you have been a follower of Tuffy Talk for uh, quite some time, you know that roughly around this time, it's uh, usually pretty uh, tradition around here to have a Joe here on with us. But oh, wait a second, Greg. Greg, seriously? I said to bring on the real Joe. You, you, <laughs> you brought on the, the other Joe. Come on, man. Hey, you brought in this guy. This guy, he he says that ribeyes are better better than yeah. the, the New York strips, man. Like he's not wrong. I, yeah. <laughs> he's not wrong. I I do agree. I I vote team ribeye too. Flavor all day. So yes, no. Uh, oh, I love but, a good steak conversation, but that's not what we're here for tonight, boys. Yeah, no. It, we could, and I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Ovi's and uh, and 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 Joe Gilio here uh, tuning in with us. Um, have definitely been having those conversations been very very fun uh, to say the least on the YouTube channel so first got to ask how how has it been so far with uh, the YouTube angle I mean it seems seems like you guys have been hitting your stride uh, you know I mean I, I know you guys came out with uh, your interview with uh, Governor Cooper today which was great I'm sure talking about the uh, I, haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet but talking about the legalized sports betting if I had to guess yep. yeah Pain, yeah gambling mm-hmm. um it's been really good. It's five weeks and, you know, we've sold some ads, which is really good. Mm-hmm. And we found a way to do the things that we like to do and yeah. the things that we feel like we're the best at and, and, and to continue to do them yeah. and without some of the things we don't like to do. So that part of it's been, uh, that part of it's been rewarding. I bet number one on your list is setting your own hours. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm a morning person and, you know, Leighton knows, He's like, uh, you, will you come on Tuffy Talk? And I always say, yes, of course. But then I'm like, uh-oh, you guys record at night, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know, I know. it. Again, unfortunately, you know, we, we, we don't do this full time. We would love to do it full time, but, you know, uh, you know, the hashtag goal, right? So, uh, but yeah, Joe, I know it's it's typically been a tradition for us uh, to kind of have you on right around the time conference realignment talks start to come up. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I know that now we kind of brought you on a little bit later where kind of all those talks have kind of pretty much died down. Uh, you know, it, it, and I know that, uh, you know, listening to a variety of different, uh, you know, media centers such as, you know, UNOV is talking about it. Um, you know, Adam and Gold and, uh, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, it, it, everybody who kind of comes to me talking about it, to me, it the, pretty much my summary of it is just same year, same evaluation of can we get out of it? And basically the same conclusion of, nope, can't afford it yet. We're going to keep things the way it is. What, what, would you say that's a good 15-second summary of, of the conference realignment talks? Perfect, Leighton. You, you okay. You're done. It, it's, yeah. uh, no, the grant of rights, obviously locking these teams in until 36, uh, mm-hmm. which is a long time away. And before you start thinking about breaking such things, it'll probably be, what, 27, 28, uh, when yeah. you really start maybe getting those legal wheels in motion. The one thing to look at, though, is can you get enough schools to dissolve the actual conference itself, which would be yeah. wild if you think. Um, so that that might be a step that they take. I don't know. I, I'm not advanced enough in, in my Netflix law degree to figure all of that. Uh, but, but I do. It's um, it, it's what's holding the ACC together. It's also what's holding them back. So it, it's it's kind of a double edged sword. 
that John Swafford had created for the ACC. And, it, you know, it saved them at the time after Maryland had left, there was some uncertainty. And this is when I originally agreed to in, in 13. But now, you know, you look at a 20 year agreement and you're going, man, that's a long time, especially when the Big Ten's knocking out five year deals and, and their contracts growing exponentially while yours is going up, you know, three, four million dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah, looking back at it, you were just wondering, like, why would I mean, you get why they did it, but why did they do it? You know, because um, I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to be almost 60 by the time this thing ex- expires, and I'm not that old right now. So um, just to think about, how, like, 13 more years, you got kids that are like in the fourth and fifth grade, you know, won't even be in college by then. So what is there... Like if we get to eight, is that the magic number? And then can we dissolve this or like, I mean, cause you hear all the different fodder yeah. out there. I I think there's probably more to it than that in terms of, I, I, I think it's the number is bigger than that. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. Cause there was a revised articles. Don't forget um, Grant rights after the Notre Dame deal and after the ACC network deal. So there's probably more to it. The document we have is from the original deal and it wasn't, it was, wasn't ever supposed to get out, which was kind of funny. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see what more information we can get. And that's also part of it. Like, right. Like these schools really don't want you in their business as we just saw the PGA tour and live golf come to a legal agreement that basically sold the PGA tour to live golf and, and the Saudi public fund. Um, the, Cause these, these entities don't want their business out in the open. And I think that's part of why you might not see a legal challenge um, anytime soon. I I do think it'll be Notre Dame, our favorite next topic, next question. I do think it'll be Notre Dame who ultimately tests it because they did sign the grant of rights, but theirs is is on a limited basis. So they're the ones to me that have always made the most sense to legally go after it. Now, of course, they'd have to be motivated to, to legally go after it. And given the new, college football playoff format that's coming up where they can still make the playoff without joining a league. I, I don't, you know, I don't see them being in a big hurry to test anything legally. Also a little known secret about Notre Dame, given the Catholic church and all the money that it has in, in real estate and Notre Dame football and athletics actually isn't that rich. Um, Sam Hartman and Wake Forest may disagree with me right now, but they're actually not. It's kind of one of their problems. Um, and it's kind of look at their coaches. They, they're that's how they that's how they roll. They all are always trying to f- hire low in low on the low end of the salary spectrum coaches. And, yeah. and you know, ever since screwing up with Charlie Weiss, I think that probably is, but it's, that's the way they are. Do you yeah. do you think that the you know, the way the stipulation is written that you have to be like a conference champion to host a game? Do you think that's enough of a one since they will never be able to technically host a game in the college playoff and get no. that revenue? Do you think that's enough yeah. of a swing? No, they can host a game. They can, can host, they? they can host the first round game. Yeah. Okay. Uh they can't have a bye. They can't have one. Oh, or that's one. what it is. Okay. All right. So you know, the thing about the college football playoff format and where it goes from here. That part's going to be that. That is also one of the aces in the hole for the ACC, because if Texas and Oklahoma, as they go to the SEC, if they go eight and four or nine and three, and they're not in, you, you got to remember financially, Texas and Oklahoma actually don't need the SEC and their money. Right. They're doing Absolutely. 
prestige, they're also doing this. Am I allowed to swear or no? Preferably not, but if it happens, okay. it happens. No, no, no like yeah. <laughs> that. You know, like as state fans, you you know, we all kind of know like why is Texas doing something when they're the richest school in the country? It's like, oh, it's because Texas A and M has something that they want, and that's yes. exactly why this is happening. And Oklahoma is going with them because they didn't want to get left behind uh, financially with the Big Twelve. Not that Oklahoma needs to have their hands out. So. If those schools, USC and UCLA and other others to look at when they go to the Big Ten, if they get left out or even maybe a, a Tennessee or someone of, along those lines is left out, all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, am I better off in the Big 12? Am I better off in the ACC? Am I better off in the Pac-12, 10, whatever it will yeah. be, where we have access on an easier path to the playoff than these other schools? Or is it truly just about the money that you can make in your television contract with either the SEC or the Big Ten? Well, it's interesting too, as well, because uh, you know, the, the, the you know, I guess a little bit earlier this time last year, uh, you know, all the talks was talking about you know West Virginia as well, which was a name that was talked about a lot of bringing into ACC, which I think is kind of funny right now, just because with their football program, you know, their coaches you know, on the hot seats or right yeah. now, you know, in a lot of West Virginia fans eyes. And uh, so, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of looking at the West Virginia and especially now with all the publicity with the men's basketball program as well, right now going, I mean, would you say that West Virginia in terms of a name of potential in the future is, will still be one that might be considered by the ACC? I think West Virginia has made the most sense all along, but the ACC for whatever reason, and the number one reason is academics, has always turned their nose up. And I, Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like a certain point you have to realize, you know, in 03, you know, Debbie Yao told me that they, when she was at Maryland at the time, she said they specifically added Boston College because of Wake Forest felt like if we're going to add Miami, a football school, then we need to add, we need to balance that out with mm-hmm. it quote-unquote school that fits their academic profile with the league and i I love boston college uh from the north i I love going to games there and going to campus there and going to boston but they've never really fit in the acc is is the truth of the matter Mm -hmm. absolutely and and ideally redeeming quality of boston college is boston yeah and it's a pretty big redeeming quality though yeah yeah i love it (laughs) no arguably the biggest sports town in, in the country. So, uh, you know, and I, I would say there's not really, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I do want to kind of ask you, Joe, as well, cause, uh, you know, I, I, it's not a secret at all that, that you and OVs are being NC state grads, uh, you know, but, you know, definitely being in the, uh, journal space, you definitely have to, you know, learn to, to play, you know, play Switzerland, you know, be a little bit neutral for sure, you know, and, uh, you know, so, but I do got to ask that if 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 state this upcoming year finally after thirty years wins AC championship in football, sure. men's basketball, or baseball, oh. will there be a tear that comes down you and Ovi's eye? Like, uh, will there be a tear just like the rest of us? Yeah, I went to Charlotte uh, to see Elliot beat Duke for sure. Okay, okay, no, I like it. Always wanted it to be Elliot, but um, no. Likewise, it, it's. Uh, it's so crazy. It just doesn't make any sense statistically when you look at oh, yeah. our five schools that all of them have done it in one of those three sports, at, at least a tie mm-hmm. in since the year 2000 and NC state is the only one that has, it does. It just 
honestly, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no. Well, it's especially because again, I mean, you know, Avent has been to seven of them, and and it, yeah, it's hilarious to me that I mean, especially in a sport like baseball, where baseball is just crazy, right? Just it, it just goes one way or the other. Like you know, there is no predicting it; it just happens. And so, to literally, say I could flip a coin, and I'm literally going to flip heads seven times in a row. It's like, man, there has to be one of those times that's flip tails. Not right. one of them. Like especially especially 2021 uh, when we lost Duke one nothing. It's right. like. Dude, that whole year, if you had told me that Duke is going to only score one run and we're going to face an AC championship game, I would say, all right, we're, babe, we're selling the house. We're going to Vegas, putting, putting the house on state to win. There is no chance we're not going to get at least two runs. No chance. And it's so it, it's it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And, and that's why, again, it's just like everybody's saying, and, you know, me included, that definitely is frustrated by the 0 and 7. It's like, but I mean, like, how much could Avon really have done to really, you know, move these things in our favor? It's just, it just, I, I don't know. Just it, it, like that is just an example of just, it was just for some reason not meant to be, but you know, yeah. Well, looking it, back it, at that game too, is we had a chance to tie it up on a fly ball and we didn't tag up and yep. you know, you're thinking that's nah, no big deal. We'll get it. We'll get a run or two. And yeah, you didn't. So, but by an experienced um, Austin Murr too, right? Uh, wasn't that the guy who was on third that mis- made the mistake? I Pretty feel sure it was like that was who it might have been, Austin Murr. Uh, yeah, I've but had a, I've either had way, no matter which then. nine of them it was, they're all experienced. They wouldn't have made that yeah. mistake any other time. It was just a just a, a mental lapse. So, yeah. So so I, I mean I mean talk to me, Joe, in terms of uh, you know which which team if. First of all, do you think that this year, 2023, 2024, is going to be the year? And in which sport do you think that it has the best chance of that curse being broken? Uh, If my favorite Garner baseball player, Jackson Lucas, ends up at NC State, they'll do it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. It can really pick. He's uh, doing some workouts right now down in uh, Atlanta for a couple of different teams. And uh it'll be interesting to see which which way he goes i'll be rooting for him either way but i would love to see him pitch for nc state next year and uh he's, he's a special kid mm-hmm. before yeah, we continue i want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor flatlands Jessup insurance group that has our whole world covered with agents in five offices throughout eastern north carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need offering policies for home and auto recreational vehicles commercial crop health life and employee benefits they are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Jessup protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. Yeah, Absolutely. baseball is one of those sports where there's just, like, I feel, I know there's so much movement with with uh, the, the portal and, and NIL to a degree, but I feel like baseball has surpassed the the movement uh and maybe it's just because of percentage wise on players i think state football has done a really good job of holding their holding their guys in the program uh basketball is a much smaller sport so percentage wise you'll see more movement because there's only 12 guys on a on a roster 13 guys and then baseball the last two years you had 21 new faces last year for baseball and i thought i thought uh following the team pretty closely that that seemed to be their biggest hurdle was that chemistry. And then towards the end of the year, you saw them playing more cohesively uh, just ran into a hot South Carolina team. But with, with all that being said, 
do do you like the movement with the portal? Like, do you prefer like teams being like having more core players together? Like, what are your kind of your thoughts on that? I believe the players have earned the right to move around with the same freedom that the coaches do. I think what you've mentioned about Dave Doran and what they've done on the football side is impressive. It hasn't happened in a lot of places. No. I do think, I really believe the ACC, we, we talked about how maybe keeping teams, a playoff path is a way to keep teams. Honestly, I think the ACC should be the first conference that goes and makes players employees and, and pays them because it shares the actual revenue because I, I just, the, these schools, you're going to keep chasing your tail in NIL. You're going to keep chasing your tail in players leaving because, well, you know, I, I got a better deal at what was it? LSU for Tommy and yes. <laughs> it green, you know, next year. And I'm not blaming those kids. They should go and do what they, they feel is best for them. Mm-hmm. But I think, to your point about getting a kid out of high school and developing them, especially on the football side, I would love to see four-year contracts. If you really believe in MJ Mars, I'm going to give you a four-year deal. You know, and if it's Brennan Armstrong, I'm going to give you. Obviously, I'm giving you a one-year deal. And I, I, yeah. I would go a long way in college sports because now all of a sudden, if you want to leave and you have a four-year deal, well, but guess what? We have a contract. Mm-hmm. We do. And if you want to get out of it, well, we, we could we can arrange that, you know, European yeah. soccer style. If Alabama yeah. is going to pay you that much, cool, let them do it. Mm-hmm. But and I think it we, works both ways, right? Because you get these coaches that are forcing these kids out of the program. So if they have a contract, you know, it kind of yeah, gives the, the student some protection too, yeah. right? It works both ways, and I, and I do think there is there is. Listen, the, the inertia right now in college sports is not the answer. Just throwing your hands up and saying, no, we can't professionalize it. No, we can't have contracts. No, we can't share the money because it'll do, you know, all of these other unintended consequences. What they're doing right now is insanity. It's, it's just insane. Yes. It's a tax on the fans is also what it is. Hell is a tax on fans. You're yes. Fans who are already paying for scholarships to now pay for their money on the side where the money shouldn't be from the side. As we learned in the pandemic, the students are the ones, the players are the ones who kept the lights on. There were nobody else on campus. It was them. So Mm -hmm. uh, in in order to cash a check from their television partner. So I I have very little empathy for these schools in, oh, well, it's supposed to be the academic opportunity. What about the poor volleyball team? Yada, yada, yada. Um, listen, the market's always going to find its level. And I think baseball NIL is going to be the most fascinating example of that. You know, yeah. LSU doesn't win yeah. it this year. Are they, are you going to keep paying money? Mm. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. The market always finds its level, you know? Yeah. Right. So that, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, it, we, we can also take it from NC State basketball angle, right? Like they went out and got guys and they didn't spend as much as, as a Miami but they still spent money and they spent it wisely and they had a really good team. I, I, but you look at some other guys in some other schools where they went out and got guys and you're like, that guy's not any good. Miami obviously not only spent the most money, but they spent it mo- wisely. So absolutely. I, 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 you know, th- that's where I think coach comes in and you go, all right, I trust this coach. They can, they can get players out of like Dave, I can get players out of high school. We can develop them. Uh, but that's where, you, you know, Dave's probably next step is getting that receiver, getting the running back, getting the left guard out of the portal 
and it mm-hmm. becomes you know pushes you over the edge as we saw with mm-hmm. hoops yeah. a lot easier yep. with mm-hmm. fewer numbers in hoops and obviously the, the market and the demand in football is greater yeah yeah for so the and you brought up an interesting point because as the as the average fan you know we only have so much you know spendable income or entertainment dollars and so it's do I put my money into tickets, right? Because I want to go to the games or do I put my money into tickets and NIL to bring in better players? So then I'm getting better return investment on my entertainment dollars. And so to your point, I think that the universities do need to pony up because you have these endowments and I get what the endowments are for, but what are you doing with millions and millions of dollars just sitting there in the bank, just accruing interest? Like it will just sit there. Like what is that money really going to do at some point? Uh, Like, you know, yeah, and I got I got news for you. It's raining. Yeah, well, it was interesting too because the biggest beneficiary of COVID was the University of Miami, right? Because of the the hospital down there donated like forty million dollars into the athletic program. So, Jeez. like, it was insane. I'm like, yeah. well, mm-hmm. well, when can like state get a hospital so they can fund you know their athletic pro- it, and, and there's no there's no rules against that. So it's like the rich get richer. It feels like, and so the the playing field. When you talk about the NIL portion of it, you know, so they can build with that money, you can build facilities. Then you have the uh, TV contracts. There's no there's no there's no wonder why the the, the disparity range is so wide. Yeah. And and, and the only other thing, too, uh, Joe, and we'll definitely talk about more men's basketball football here in part two. But the one question which I want to ask you, too, and this is kind of another point of topic that comes around talking about Elliot Avent, you know, with two years left on his contract is there definitely has to be a adjustment uh, to the times. You know, I think, uh, you know, again, Coach Doran's done a great job of that, bringing in some high-quality transfers uh, to really fill some gaps. Obviously, Keats this offseason, I think, has had a master class of an of a offseason that we'll talk about for sure. Um, but do you think that with Avent, and again, I, I don't necessarily talk to him. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you definitely have stayed in touch. Do you feel confident enough that I mean, because in today's day and age, unless you're Clemson, unless you're Alabama, uh, you know, where you don't necessarily need to rely on the transfer portal in today's day and age, it's it's almost that you have to go and you have to be involved. You have to be in there and you have to be you have to be ready to talk from an NIL perspective. And so I think that's kind of the worry is that since Avon is so old school, is that could he adjust to today's day and age and how NIL is is king right now? Yeah, I don't see any problems with making an adjustment. I, the question is where does the money come from? Because the M- NIL money hasn't hit baseball, and you got to remember, right? Top, you know, however many players end up signing out of high school and never playing college baseball. College right. also doesn't produce any revenue. I mean, might mm-hmm. at some SEC schools, ticket revenue might, but still probably not. You know, yeah. I mean, you guys probably have been to the games at Kentucky and some of the Mississippi State. Those are fabulous facilities, but you're not. They don't play enough games. They don't have enough seats to make money. So, True. <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah. only get you're only getting like twenty five home games, right? But the market finds its level. That that to me is going to be the most interesting part of it because baseball is mm. is wild. If you think about it, you can't. Nobody really even has a full scholarship. right like it's not crazy so Mm -hmm. we'll we'll see it all ends up sorting itself out uh but no i I, you mentioned there's 21 new players this year that was elliot 
said to me it was his biggest challenge this year just just trying to get guys and you have so many new faces and it's it's really hard uh but i think they've proven that you know gino groover's a, a transfer right yeah came in yep. from charlotte charlotte mm-hmm. yeah a lot of the team yeah. i mean a lot of your, Sorry, you you had a lot of guys that were transfers on that team yeah so, so a lot of freshmen too you, so you, like, you know you yeah, absolutely. So again, it'd definitely be uh, you know, interesting to see for sure, you know, kind of what, what happens with two years left, uh, you know, in the fact that that he more than more than more than likely has the presumptive uh, you know, guy to, you know, take over the program after Avon walks away uh, and, and, and Chris Hart there ready to go. Um, and uh, so definitely interesting to see what happens there. But uh, Joe, so so I do uh, obviously want to end this first part uh, by making it, uh, making sure that everybody knows, obviously, you know, the ONG uh, uh, show on, on YouTube and uh, and all major spot, uh, podcast platforms. Am I correct there too, Joe? Yep, just search for Ovius and Gileo. You'll find yep. us on YouTube. you find us anywhere. Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. Yeah. And uh, did anybody ever happen to paint an OG on the Hurricanes ice during the season ticket holder? I don't know. I don't I don't know if that ended up happening or not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, it was funny because because uh, last week I was staining my fence and I was listening to to that episode where they where that uh, Ask Joe question came in. I was like, I'll keep an eye on that. And I've 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 tried to keep up and I didn't see anything come in. So I was I was curious. So uh, yeah, no, that's cool. All right. Well, with that being said, make sure to tune in for part two, y'all. Again, we continue more into actually the meat here of men's basketball and football here. And I got to kind of bring back a little bit of old takes from last year too, from Joe, uh, Joe Giglio as well about uh, football as well. So we'll talk about that then we'll see you off part two. Go pack y'all. <laughs>